This is your hyperbole-free coronavirus update for April 24th. As I record this at 1.47 p.m. Pacific time, there are 912,010 confirmed coronavirus cases in the United States with 51,453 confirmed deaths. The New York City metro area remains 55% of the total death toll. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer extended her state's stay-at-home order until May 15th, but eased some restrictions on public activities after intense criticism for the public health mandate. Quote, while it's understandable to be lured by the phenomenal beauty of this great state and hit the road, we know that our rural hospitals are not equipped to meet an influx of people who might bring the virus, said Whitmer. Michigan will again allow the sale of non-essential goods and retailers will be allowed to operate as long as they are using curbside pickup. This has been your hyperbole-free coronavirus update. Hello and welcome everybody to the Politics, Politics, Politics podcast for April 24th, 2020, which I read on Twitter today is 420 twice because you can't say 42420 without saying 420 twice. Right, four slash two four slash two zero, which is definitely a thought you think of on four twenty. We're gonna uh, have a great interview with a few of my my favorite people, just in life in general, and uh, they are the Ice Cream Social podcast. They're based out of Vegas, and so we're gonna talk a little bit about the Carolyn Goodman comments from earlier this week. But also just a little bit about Vegas itself, because I don't know if there is a city that is as uniquely positioned as Vegas through all of this process. You know, it's supposed to be packed, debaucherous, throwing caution to the wind, and yet it has now met a menace for which none of that is Prudent. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to talk about all that. They're great guys. You're going to really enjoy this interview. We're also going to talk about the story that you would otherwise have heard every inch of. And it got buried underneath all of this coronavirus news. We're going to discuss that. But first, let's go ahead and get into a little... COVID-19 Roundup. Here is the President of the United States at his press conference yesterday. Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light, and I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. 
And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do, either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. We'll the right, folks who could. right. And then I see the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs, and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that. So that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds, it sounds interesting to me. So we'll see. But the whole concept of the light, the way it kills it in one minute, that's, uh, that's pretty powerful. Now, normally, I, I really have to think long and hard about how much I want to play into the, the thing that Trump said game. Because especially when we got a pandemic on, I understand that they're empty calories. I understand that they are the zeitgeist. But I don't know exactly how much energy I want to put into it. I want to try and find stories and interesting elements that are beyond the thing that we're all going to circulate on Twitter. That being said, I did want to play that clip because it is illustrative of something that I talked about on Wednesday. When it comes to this death toll, The death toll is going to be fixated on because it's a death toll, right? You know, it's it's hard to argue. Did I do a good job? Death toll. Anything with a death toll on it, usually very bad. So, we're now over 50,000 dead. We're coming up on 60,000. If this thing does not slow down, and there are indicators that it might, But if it does not slow down, it's a major problem. And this is why Trump is not built for this specific kind of issue. Donald Trump loves stuff like that. He just says whatever comes to his mind. The press fixates on it. They make a big deal about it. He then hand waves it, says, oh, my God, look at the press going crazy. He enjoys the headlines. He counterpunches based on what people say. And now he has a spotlight to say anything else that he wants. And the cycle repeats. The problem is that when there is a high death toll, the death toll seems like it is going beyond where our collective expectations are. Then it's not cute. If the death toll were rapidly tailing off, that's a win for him. He can say, look, I'm not telling anybody to drink bleach. I'm saying that we should be investigating every option. And who, what learned scholar among us could possibly say that that's wrong? But if there is an escalation, if there continues, well, not even escalation, if this seems to be out of control, Every day that it tumbles beyond what we expect it to, that kind of stuff wears very thin, very fast, even with supporters. The gates are open in the Peach State. Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, officially has gone through with his plan to reopen hair salons, gyms, bowling alleys, tattoo parlors, and the like in a partial business reopen. He was among the last to do a statewide uh, shelter at home. He is among the first to reopen. 
And again, there's not really a ton of news here aside from the fact that Brian Kemp is on an island now. I legitimately think that that this is like recall territory for him. And and I, I don't think it, aside from the fact that now with Donald Trump saying that he disagrees strongly with this happening, AP report comes out yesterday, says that Donald Trump privately approved of doing it before he flip-flopped. Donald Trump, of course, came out today on Twitter and said that that was totally fake. But still, if Donald Trump is saying this was a bad idea and one of your representatives in Congress from the state says this is a bad idea, then that means that people from within your own party will understand that there is power to be gained by criticizing you if this fails. So let's define what failure is. Failure to me would be you see the infection rate continue to rise. You see it fall in other states. And now you have to, I mean, I guess that's the thing. If he does another shelter at home, that's a wrap. I mean, you might as well just pack your own bags. That's that's just, it's over. It's done. If you go back on your own thing, you're, you're toast. Whoo-wee. Man. That, ugh. That's a bad move. Camp. Brian Camp. He did say he was going to take a chainsaw to regulations. For real, this is Brian Kemp, like, when he was running for governor, promising the, the, the state of Georgia exactly what he was going to do. My chainsaw's ready to rip up some regulations. And finally, we're going to end on some good news that isn't going to sound like good news, but I swear to God, it's good news. 422 people died in New York state of coronavirus yesterday. All right. I know. Grim. Here's the good part. That's the lowest total that they've had in two weeks. So when we talk about the death toll, I've, I've made a point to say during the hyperbole-free coronavirus update that half of the American deaths of coronavirus have happened in the New York state tri-state area. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. It's the metro area. You list them all together because there is a tremendous amount of co-mingling. It is just one metro region. If it's slowing down there, then effectively the largest engine of infection and death in the country is slowing down. That should take national trends with it. So we can only hope, but we might be past the absolute worst of it over the next seven days, which I think is good if it happens. I mean, I think it's good. Yes, no, it's good news. It's good news. We should have good news. Maybe I can actually start talking about politics again instead of pretending to be a virologist. Politics. Sorry for party rocking.
Oh, folks, you know if something dumb happened, it had to happen in the best state in the union. Florida. Florida, my home. My home will always be a Floridian. No matter where I lay my head. You know, it's funny that we're talking about Brian Kemp because Brian Kemp won one of the big three races in 2018. If you remember, there was the the, the three-headed beast of the future of the Democratic Party. Down in the Lone Star State, you had Beto O'Rourke. Oh, came so close to beating Ted Cruz. And then in Georgia, running for the governor's mansion, it was Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams came oh so close to beating Brian Camp. Couldn't do it. But then in Florida, it was a neck and neck race between Ron DeSantis and Andrew Gillum. And while Beto went on to run for president and Stacey Abrams still might be a vice presidential hopeful, Andrew Gillum has mostly been relegated to CNN duty. Although he wound up not being indicted on federal charges, which is nice. He also was at the center of, as I mentioned before, the story that we would be talking about nonstop if there wasn't a pandemic. And that is the fact that a couple months ago, Mr. Andrew Gillum got... uh, into a a bit of a kerfuffle. See, uh, he was found in a Miami Beach hotel room with a man who uh, publicly identifies himself as a male escort. Andrew Gillum was found in a room with crystal methamphetamines. He says that he has never done crystal meth in his life. He got overserved at a wedding and that's why he was in no condition to speak to the police officers, at least according to that police report. Well, and this is why we'd be talking about this a lot more. Because this would just, I mean, like again, this guy was very close to coming, very, 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 very close to being the uh, governor of Florida. My mom, Gloria Young, soothsayer though she is, voted for Andrew Gillum. So yesterday, Miami Beach police released uh, video pictures and descriptions of everything that was found in the luxury hotel room. Andrew Gillum was too intoxicated to speak to police. But the photos released Wednesday show vomit-stained and rumpled bedsheets, a box for a party-light disco ball, spilled white pills on the carpet, and a vial of a drug often used for erectile dysfunction. Now, folks, because I'm an intrepid political reporter who has a nose for politicians behaving badly stories, I did a little investigating for you. The cocktail of drugs that was found is for erectile dysfunction, and it is proven. However, this is not a chewable. This is not a derivative of Viagra or Cialis that you now hear advertised on a lot of podcasts. 
No. If you want to go to full attention with this particular cocktail, you have to inject it into, you know, also found in the room. An antidepressant by the name of Cetolofrim, Xanax, and Gabapentin. Now, Gabapentin immediately jumped out to me because I was prescribed with Gabapentin. In fact, I still think I have Gabapentin in my bathroom. I was prescribed it because an off-label use for Gabapentin is uh, uh, to help with back pain. So when I had my bulging disc in my back, uh, I was using gabapentin. That's what I was given. I didn't know that maybe it would be used for other things that would involve something that sounds like a bulging disc. As for the wedding that Andrew Gillum said he was attending, apparently he was supposed to officiate a wedding. Problem is he never showed up. Also, on the original police report, the man who uh, self-identified as a male escort has a email address, honeyhammock at, well, the last part's blacked out, but imagine, you know, Yahoo, AOL, Hotmail, Gmail. Gillum is seeking uh, help in on a serious note. He, he has entered himself in to rehab for alcohol, although the married father might have some more stuff that he needs to work out. But tell me we wouldn't be talking all about this. This has everything that you want because there's no question about what was happening here, right? There's no way you can tweet your way out of, I was too inebriated to talk because a male escort found me in such shambles that he had to call the police because he was afraid somebody was going to die. <laughs> like, that's there's only a few ways that that can work out, right? I wonder if they'd already injected. All right, guys, if you would like to keep this show in business, head on over to TakePoliticsSeriously.com. $3 gets you two extra bonus episodes each and every week. You know, we have our goal. We have our goal. We just want 10 new reviews. 10 new reviews on the Apple Podcast Store. And we're off to a good start. We got three. We got three reviews. Now, thousands of you people, thousands of you people, thousands uh, are, are listening to me right now. A, a handful is all we need. A smattering. If you're saying, oh, I really like this show. I got to remember to do it. If you're not driving, you're probably not, probably in your house. Just go ahead and do that. Just head on over there right now. Maybe you use Apple. Maybe you don't. But if you have an iPhone, you got that podcast app right there. Oh, boy, it would be awesome if we could get to 10. It's a free way to make sure that this show is seen by more and more people. All right. Let's go ahead and get back to the show who've come here to live come here to build it and we were not broken and we need to get back to work that's right. it 
There's a, Chinese researchers have shown uh, how this virus spreads, and I just want to put up Ooh, for our viewers, <laughs> I just want to put up for our viewers, this is a, a restaurant. Anderson, you are tough. <laughs> no, I'm not We're talking, back I'm just. to China. This isn't China. Yeah. This, this is, is Las a... Vegas, Nevada. Wow. Okay, that's really ignorant. This is a restaurant, and the that's yellow circle, to say that's an ignorant, that... ignorant statement. That, now, the that first was... thing that goes through my mind when I hear Anderson Cooper engaging in a made-for-television moment with somebody bent and intent on saying things that will draw social media criticism is there goes our next president. But that is the voice of Carolyn Goodman. She is the mayor of Las Vegas. That interview certainly went viral as she was calling for the reopening of Vegas. Here to discuss not only that, but also the state of Vegas as they deal with the coronavirus are the hosts of the Ice Cream Social Podcast, Matt Donnelly, Paul Mattingly, and Jacob Smith. Welcome to the show, boys. Hey. Hooray! Hey. All right, just for clarity for people who are listening to this, since this is audio only, uh, uh, Matt, do me a favor, just uh, introduce yourself so they know your voice. This is Matt, and this is what my voice sounds like for the rest of this broadcast. <laughs> Paul? This is Paul, and this is my voice for most of this broadcast. And Jacob? This is my voice until I decide to change it. <laughs> All right. Well, I wanted to have you guys on. This is maybe the most people that have ever been on the PX3 show at any one time. So congratulations. But... And, and yet least qualified. It's really exciting <laughs> to be here. Well, no, this rare is it that I saw something happen on the news and I'm like, oh, this is the opportunity to bring these guys on. Normally, you'd be totally useless in this format. But here you are indeed qualified experts. Uh, uh, Evelyn Goodman comes out and uh, uh, really kind of makes an. Who was it? Carolyn. Sorry. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. See, we are experts. We are. Yeah. There we go. Already proving your worth. Nailed it. Carolyn Goodman comes out and kind of makes a butt of herself on uh, uh, CNN, uh, which they ran 30 minutes uninterrupted because they can't sell they ads, did. apparently. Uh, <laughs> normally, there would at least be one cash for gold ad in the middle of it. But, but this yeah. time, no, they just let her sort of just ramble and ramble for uh, a solid half hour. The, the, the gist of what wound up drawing such ire was that Las Vegas needs to uh, reopen even to the point of her initial, uh, and I'll be fair to her, she said that she went to her own people and said, why doesn't Vegas become a control group so we can now understand the virus better nationally? So I will, yeah. I will leave the floor open for you guys as Vegas locals and professionals uh, uh, what your thoughts on on uh, uh, Mayor Goodman's comments were? Very rarely is the eager guinea pig the one to begin an experiment. Very rarely <laughs> does the guinea pig crawl up to the science lab and be like, hey, can you use us for some shit? Like, no one is asking for that experiment to happen in the world of science. Yeah. Vegas is the dog that needs lipstick jammed in its eyes so that Carolyn Goodman can look beautiful. <laughs> that's a weird, that's a weird <laughs> take, Paul. Uh, well, let, let's actually uh, a real quick set the table. So although the mayor of Las Vegas is, in, is certainly an honorific title uh, that gets a lot of publicity because that yeah. seems like a cool mayorship to hold. Yeah. Uh, the power of the mayor of Las Vegas is not quite what 
a lay person would understand, right? She no, doesn't no, control no. a lot. No. Las Vegas has a county commissioner. Uh, mm. In fact, even most of the majority of Las Vegas Boulevard, the casinos on, on Las Vegas Boulevard, are actually legally not even part of Las Vegas. They're they're not even tied to that. Most of the power of how Las Vegas works comes from the county commissioner, the gaming commission, and the governor. Carolyn Goodman is largely a ribbon cutter and smile and waver for the town. Uh, she does have some say in how things work downtown, but you know, um, we've largely historically taken the position of mayor almost jokingly as it was anyway. Um, but knowing how the world sees what a mayor is, and nonetheless, we still want people to say like remotely sane or comforting things. Um, whenever the mayor speaks, they do get press. Yeah. You know, they do get attention. And so you, you, you at least want them to, um, so of course we want them fun for a town that relies on tourism, but we also want them to be sane in the time of the pandemic. <laughs> yes, which which puts uh, 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 Mayor Goodman into a, a weird situation because she really only, well, I don't want to, you know, in, in a post-Me uh, <laughs> Too world, I want to say only, she's only the mayor because of her husband, but I, would, yes. would she be the mayor if her husband, Oscar Goodman, was not the oh, mayor? No. Like uh, no. uh, for years and years before, I know we just got used to saying Mayor Goodman, and so when, <laughs> when Oscar Goodman stopped being the mayor, we just said, "Oh, here's another Goodman. Now you're the mayor." And it was a way for him to continue to show up to events. Yeah, and right. so yeah, so for for people who don't know, could you guys describe the the almost cartoonish figure that is Oscar Goodman? Because he is <laughs> he is somebody that. Very much when you when when if you were to Google mayor of Las Vegas, you would imagine that this is the guy that would pop up in your search results. Oh, he yeah. he first made national news by when he was running for election. He spoke to a group of eleven-year-olds about how much he loved gin and gin martinis, and that was his first big national news story. <laughs> and that's all I ever needed to know about it. I was in from then on. That's it. That's it. It's just that simple. But and honestly, the whole town took like, hey, we have this mob lawyer turned mayor. Yeah, that's hilarious for our town. That does nothing but give good advertising and send the message we want to the rest of the world. Like, come here to have crazy fun. And, and that's the thing is this was very much in the what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas era. It was kind of emerging mm -hmm. from either a very uh, a corporatization, which is still a part of Vegas, but out of the family friendly thing. So that seemed like, OK, look, he's the mob. And by the way, that's not a joke. Like he is a literal mob lawyer that like, he's very oh, he brags yeah. about it. Uh, uh, that is the kind of a shtick. Uh, so now he was he term limited or or did he just yes. decide he didn't want it? Yes. He termed What's out from his three terms. Yeah, Las yeah, I Vegas. Said, I said this wrong on our show the other day, but yeah, he he termed out on his three terms, and then uh, Carolyn Goodman will actually term out in 2024. Wow! So we still got a little bit. We still got so, a yeah, second roll. They're long terms. That's the problem. There is a term right. limit, but it's 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 uh they're, they're very long terms when they get elected. I believe it's six years. And and for anybody who's been to Vegas again. Her sphere of influence is downtown Vegas, which now is starting to renovate into a, a, a bit of a nicer thing. Some of the the older, crustier elements of downtown Vegas are there. But it's still the place where you're going to see somebody in nipple pasties playing a ukulele on Fremont Street. Like, it is still mm -hmm. the, the, that's the, the blue end. collar. That's the yeah. high end of entertainment on Fremont Street. <laughs> yeah. That's actually our, us. Yeah. You see us mm -hmm. just doing that every day. 
Matt, well, it's Matt, it's Matt funny Matt that Brett you... Michaels was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you had mentioned the uh, Me Too, yeah, because that was something we talked about on our cast just uh, this this week too. We were all in attendance at a basketball game at the uh, the big the big arena down there. Uh-huh. So they did, they did a huge preseason basketball game of the uh, Lakers when LeBron first joined them with the Golden State Warriors um, as a preseason game in our hockey arena. Uh, on the Las Vegas Strip. So that's big. And that's so, massive. Big thing, so, yeah. Tens of thousands of people there. So I don't, we're I don't, there, and yeah. Mayor Goodman is there as well, and she is having a conference, a, a, a halftime presentation with Magic Johnson and Shaquille O'Neal. This is basically largely ceremonial, like key to the city BS stuff. That's yeah. exactly what we hire a mayor for. Yeah. It's pretty hard to drop the ball on this one. And yeah. <laughs> She got up and she was like, I don't care about me too stuff. And I don't care about whatever (laughs) you did with your time. I think you're fantastic. You're so handsome. And he said to Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson is pretending not to hear her and is like smiling and waving at the crowd still. And Shaquille O'Neal is like full, like a face (laughs) uh, to the right of Carolyn Goodman. Like, what am I here for? Uh, Please someone send a big smoke bomb down here so I can escape like a ninja. It was outrageous. So then, and we were in the nosebleeds. So then, as you guys are watching all this unfold uh, on television, there is no surprise for you guys. You, you you know this is a pattern of behavior of what the the, the mayor of Las Vegas does. Yeah. I I could I could sympathize with uh, Anderson Cooper, where he was. Uh, I could see the questions he had lined up as a sensible interview, yeah. <laughs> and I could see the, the look on his face when he realized that she's just not going to even answer. His his questions like yeah. not even stay on topic. Um, yeah, she's just used to showing up blathering and trying to be cool and hip for the kids. When also, I I had a long conversation earlier today with an old coworker of mine who is ultra libertarian and honestly agrees with a, a, a pretty sizable chunk of what Carolyn Goodman was, I believe, trying to get across in her interview. And the one thing that we agreed on wholeheartedly is that she should just never do interviews. <laughs> She's just bad at it. Whatever point she was trying to get across, I, I still don't know what point she was trying to get across because she was terrible at trying to get it across. Yeah, oh, there's there's no doubt. And, and Anderson Cooper, I think, was just very... He ran out of rope to hand her to hang herself. At a certain point, oh, yeah. she, she <laughs> exhausted the supply of rope that he was trying to give her. Uh, and I actually saw the director's cut of the interview earlier today, and at one point, Wolf Blitzer actually came in from the side of the screen and handed Anderson more rope. More rope. It was a, <laughs> a part that they cut out in the live in the live broadcast. Yeah, you just couldn't see him because he was socially distant, six feet away. Exactly. So uh, on, on, on on the panoramic, you can tell it. Uh, She's yeah. like, "You should hear what I have to say about Scandinavians." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, let's let's clear some of this up. Uh, uh, obviously. There was a tremendous amount of uh, a reaction to this, specifically within Las Vegas and the state of Nevada. Uh, the governor has come out and said, absolutely not. There's no way that their biggest city and their economic center is going to be used as a placebo. And quite possibly the most important uh, thing in Las Vegas, the culinary union, has also said, absolutely yeah. not. This is not uh, we're, we're going to wait this one out uh, uh, as we as we go forward. I think what's strange about that is even like the idea 
that Las Vegas, even if this even if this ridiculous hypothesis were true, Las Vegas is not a gigantic city. It is not a uh, you know it is largely a community. There is when you get outside of the confines of the strip, it is largely a community of like small towners. Yeah. When you start to go around actually and living in Las Vegas, it really has so much small town feel to it. So the idea that if any city would even try to be remotely up for this scientific endeavor of seeing how this dance of, of virus control could work, it's not going to be Las Vegas. No. It's not going to be a town that actually, like you said, the culinary union, all these people just deeply, deeply care about their little, you know, I came to Las Vegas on a road trip back when um, Siegfried and Roy had their tiger accident, right? Uh-huh. And I remember I started kind of on a, as a tourist, just making fun of it while I was playing blackjack. Yeah. And the blackjack dealer was like, straight up like, hey, we don't talk about them like like that it was an awful event and the whole town is still very upset and i yeah. was like set straight by a blackjack dealer and we weren't even at the mirage we weren't even at their casino yeah but it was like you don't talk about Siegfried and roy like that not here and i was like good lord by a blackjack dealer I, you know, that that is one of the things that i've i've always uh uh been impressed by is how much of a community las vegas is that it really is a a small town one of my mm-hmm. you know my, my favorite parts of uh, I forget which book it was but it was a book about the corporatization of Vegas and how all the big money came in and now all of a sudden the casino bosses weren't just you know running these larger versions of mom and pop shops but they were publicly traded companies and everything and even then even after it all became Mont Block pens and corner offices the feuds that would happen wouldn't be about business deals. It would be about you didn't bid enough on my kid's silent auction macrame. <laughs> like the yeah. most like small town stuff would be what the feuds were about. Not any like hedge fund. You screwed my deal kind of stuff like that winds up working itself out. And there's a virtuous circle to people coming in and spending a bunch of money. But but it's yeah. all the small town stuff that 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 separates it, if at all. Oh, well, 100 percent. I mean. That's it. Yeah. Like you have when you so when you're talking about bringing people back in prematurely or whatever, you know, you have people been parking cars in this town at at hotels for like 25, 30 years. Well, then guess how old they are. So like, the you know, the we have a lot of people worked at casinos for a very long time. So opening the casinos themselves first right away prematurely is putting the, the most valued workers at risk. Uh, well, let, let's actually talk about that for a second, because Vegas is in a very unique and precarious position during all this, because, yes, this is a factory town. Vegas is all about the tourism on, on yeah. one way or another. Everything connects into it. There, the one thing that was 100 percent true in what uh, the mayor was saying was that you need somebody in the hotel room because indirectly hotel room occupancy is basically the the beating heart of all of Las Vegas, including the Strip. Sure. Uh, you guys, uh, both uh, 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 Paul and Jacob, you guys work at one of the biggest shows there. Matt, you've performed in the Penn and Teller Theater uh, this uh, summer, and and uh, obviously you are a all professionals here. Can you just talk about what kind of razor's edge this is? Because on one hand, you got to get people in there, but on the other hand, if if Las Vegas becomes Las Virus. And now it's it's scarred for the next four years. There, there's major trouble. That's the thing is a lot of people that I've been talking to and, and seeing on social media and everything that are proponents of opening the city back up and just going right back to 100%. A lot of people are talking about how like if we don't 
fix this right now. This is going to destroy our city. This is going to this is going to destroy us for all time, and we're we're never going to come back if we don't do it right now. And that's the that's the mindset that I really don't understand. I don't understand why people would think that if we just don't go back to becoming full swing in Las Vegas, you know, right off the bat, why why would that keep us from from ever going back to a hundred percent ever again? And I think, like, you look at the the the, the basis of like the the average Las Vegas is that you know everybody always hoots and hollers for the old days over regular issues, let alone the pandemic. Yeah. But Vegas overall as a whole has constantly evolved to figure out what tourism means to the average consumer. You know, so I think what's crazy is that, of course, people want there's there's basically a big difference I think across the world of people who want to press pause and unpause versus people who want to embrace a new normal. And what's happening in Las Vegas is you want to, uh, are the for the most part, the actual actual leaders making actual decisions are all actually doing a fantastic job bracing for new normals. And I think the crying that you're hearing from Carolyn Goodman and the literally tens, maybe hundreds of people that, <laughs> that agree with her uh, is all people who are just really throwing a tantrum over the press pause mentality. Right. Mm -hmm. We, we, as, as entertainers, uh, I don't know if you recall, but we had an event here in 2016 that we refer to as show Mageddon where there were <laughs> 30, 30 plus productions shows in town that yeah. shuttered. And so we weathered that storm and that was due to just the changing dynamics of, a lot of things, all out of our control, um, and 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 Vegas's reaction to that. We're headed towards exactly like Matt is saying, a new normal again. But rushing to it is not going to get us there any quicker, actually. No. And that's I think us we as uh, as entertainers uh, in the entertainment industry, we're going to be the last to really get back to that place, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that's a sensible that's a sensible opinion there. And I mean, beyond just the show Mageddon, you know, there were the October first shootings a few years oh, ago. Oh yes. There was the, the the giant financial downturn in two thousand eight and two thousand nine. And I mean, during a financial downturn, fewer people come to Las Vegas. That's yeah. just kind of how that works. <laughs> and you know, the the city changed. And every time one of these big events happens, the city changes, and it usually changes for the better. And, uh, and you know, that's what we're going to do this time. And, and th there are places that are going to hurry back. There's talk that one of the big casinos on the Strip, uh, Treasure Island, the TI, yeah. is going to reopen in the middle of May right now. They're saying that they're going to, middle of May, they're going to be reopened with precautions, but reopened nonetheless. And, uh, you know, that may or may not happen, and that, that may or may not cause a little spike in, in COVID cases. But whatever... It, it's going to take people like that dipping toes into the water, sometimes stupidly, but, you know, that's going to change people's opinions. And through that process, we're going to become a different city in a different place. This is where Carolyn Goodman is dead wrong. Vegas <laughs> does not create the new norms. No. Vegas curates. Vegas does not grow things up from the grassroots level. Vegas says, oh, you like that over there? Good. We got that over here. And you like New York? Boom. Here's New York. You like you like Italy? Boom. Here's the Venetian. Yeah. What are you up for? Great. We have that. 
You know, like we take the greatest circus performers in the world. We take all the greatest things. And we and even for a while, we took every great Broadway show. We didn't create shows that were like, oh, have you seen this musical yet? Open up in Las Vegas and now it's on Broadway. No, yeah. that's not the way Vegas works. So what is hard is is buckling in for the long game, but that's what Vegas has always excelled at. So what happens is that a lot of people are gonna start to figure out things together, but as soon as there is a new norm for tourism, no one will knock it out of the park like Las Vegas. And that's a message I would love to send to people in Las Vegas. Like buckle in and then keep faith in the town for what it is. So do do you think that there is, or that the city is, is, uh, uh, because there is always upheaval that it's prepared for, let's say this stretches into the summer, which is normally, you know, a, a big popular season. And now all of a sudden some people that are furloughed are, are fired or shows that were on hiatus get, get canceled is, is Vegas prepared for that because it is always something that uh, is, is ever changing. I don't know if Vegas is prepared for per se or at least not in a way that's advantageous compared to the rest of the the planet, you know? Um, I would say that for a city as well known and kind of, um, um, you know, a glitzy named city, it is actually a small city. There's also an affordable city. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, and so I'd say in that regard that like, you know, quietly as, 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 you know, as all these people end up on unemployment and stuff, it's, it's, it's kind of like, becoming a little bit more bearable here than it would be say in New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, sure. whatever those other places. Um, and I'd say that everyone in Las Vegas, when you commit to living here, you actually already commit to being adaptable anyway. Like you're talking to three people who have probably had, you know, 20 some odd jobs here in this town, all of like different expertises and stuff, you oh, know, yeah. it's that like, you kind of like, like get, being a there's so many different ways to be a part of the entertainment community in this town that we have all taken jobs in every aspect of entertainment just because once you sink your teeth into it any kind of job it's a sustainable lifestyle here in vegas well uh do you guys uh, think that do you guys want to hazard any guesses as to what some of that new normal will look like i mean for for example jacob uh, uh you know the the show that you work at is a lot of people right on top of each other. That's part of the yep. charm of it. Do you think that we see that kind of layout uh, of any time in the near future? Oh, I don't think immediately. No, uh, I, I think when the show, I think when my show first comes back, I think people, I think it's entirely possible that people will be spread out. It depends on when the show comes back as well. Um, but I think you know if if it comes back sooner than you know, say vaccines and everything else have come around, then I think we'll absolutely see a physical difference in the layout of, of shows and my show in particular. Um, I think that, I think that it's entirely possible that you'll see people uh, coming in and having their temperature checked on the way in the door. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, having, having hand sanitizing stations that are, that are mandatory. You know, you come in and uh, you have an usher just standing right there spritzing people's hands with hand sanitizer and uh, and checking their temperature before they even walk in the building, and uh, you know I I think that I think that's certainly a possibility. Yeah, that was one thing I, I was talking on the stream earlier today, and uh, and watching the the Goodman clip, and one of the things she said is like, "Oh, Vegas is one of the cleanest cities," and people were kind of joking about it, like, "Oh, <laughs> a clean a clean city," and I'm like, 
<laughs> it actually really is because if you, like the only the only <laughs> mess you see the only mess you see are the people that are making messes in front of you. Like you're seeing the guy <laughs> vomiting in front of you. If it were not the cleanest city on the planet, it would be a dumpster within five minutes. Like I will, like, I will safely say Vegas is the most cleaned city. Cleaned. It there is the we most go. Often cleaned. <laughs> it is often it is often cleaned up. I don't know how clean it is, but it is cleaned a lot. Yes. <laughs> I, and I'll tell you something else. I was talking to a producer uh, yesterday. I was talking to a producer of a show yesterday, and he was saying that he wanted his show to be the last show to reopen. Uh, yeah. Big, big show producer, and he wanted his show to be the last show to reopen, not because of any marketing thing, but because he just wanted to do it once, and he wanted to do it right. And so when he comes back, he wants it to be ready to go and, and just – he can just do it the one time and not have to then shut down again, not cause people more pain. And he can just do it that one time and it's done. And I think that's, I think that's a great attitude to have. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is one of the weirdest towns to deal with it because part of what you think of when you think of as Las Vegas as a tourist destination is not thinking, right? Yeah. I'm going to go there and turn my brain off and I'm going to indulge, Every instinct that I have, because it is all catered for me and it's all open 24-7, where now that's all we do is think about, oh, wait, should I have should I have gone to the Domino's to pick up my order? Like, you know, should it have been left in front of my door? Uh, uh, is there, I guess, what is the solution to that, if, if any? Like, is there an evolution or is this just a cloud that has to pass? It's unfortunately a cloud that has to pass. You know, unless unless vaccine or or some breakthrough in just day to day treatment or conduct or something. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, if you, no one's anxious to lead the way, and it's gonna, you know, uh, again, if you, I always spent Sunday school. Penn talked about it on an episode um, recently, where he just said, "We're waiting for see how sports do it." It's like we're waiting to see how the NFL and the NBA figure out how to gather again, you know, and and it's kind of when you think about it that way, as soon as you realize that those are the minds also working on it, it's almost arrogant to be like, yeah, but I can figure out how to bring back this one little show and biggest first, you know, like, it, you know, if if menopause, the musical figures it out first, what does that really <laughs> mean? And, and what's that going to say if everyone, you know, what I mean, like, is that going to put them on the map? Like, what, what are we really doing if they're the ones that figure it out? And what kind of audience comes back? You know, yeah. it's like this has to be solved on such a larger scale. Um, you, 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 you don't you world. don't think that there's like a, an intern who's out of breath running into Al, uh, Adam Silver's office <laughs> and saying, like, have you seen what sex tips from a gay guy is doing in Vegas? <laughs> This I changes everything. <laughs> head <laughs> condoms. Full head condoms. You Why didn't we think of this? That is something that I was thinking as you guys were talking about is that that, that would be the Vegas. The Vegas move would be the cleanest, safest way to get wasted. We have we have designed the yeah, cleanest, the safest way. Yeah. Yeah. We have Specifically for you to be intoxicated. To it. I, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, here's something that you're going to see a lot more of, because I, I, to my knowledge, because I've looked for them. There's only one real Japanese style like karaoke room place in Vegas. Uh, right. You are going to see a lot more of them because that that style of entertainment where you Small and your friends gathering, shuffle yeah. into a room by yourselves and mm -hmm. and 
you know, things can be slid under, you know, through a slot yeah. or something yeah. for you. Like, yeah, that is that is going to be a big, big. We're gonna have going uh, forward. boy in the bubble cabanas. Oh yeah, outside the pools, <laughs> a, a, a tube that leads directly into a, a waiting zone. Just to backtrack, I mean, I'm not saying any any Vegas entertainer is gonna try to figure it out before the NFL, or the NBA, but. I think the highest odds would be Copperfield, right? I think Copperfield would be the one to be like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm, I'm shocked he didn't make it disappear already. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're responsible for him not to have made it disappear. I know. I know. After all these years, after all we've given to David, he can't give this one thing back. Siegfried <laughs> <laughs> and Roy would do it, but they're retired. So, you know, yeah. what uh, well, apparently cats can get it, so it wouldn't really work with them. Fair point. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you know, we're, 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 we're reading updates every day and we're getting, you know, getting weekly addresses from our governor and on the list of ways to even get access to the casinos, entertainment's not even on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're not, it's not even on the wind released a 23 page protocol. That they're thinking about experimenting with if they were to be allowed to open their doors, uh, for approval from the gaming commission. And, uh, nowhere are shows or gatherings or nightclubs or anything even on that list. It's yeah, just we're still trying to hook. figure out how to safely touch a slot machine. That's, That's where it. we're at right now. Yeah, yeah. we're at safely touching slot machines, going to my bedroom, and eating something. That's really what everything centers around right now. And... Uh, that still might end up with some really weird form of tourism. And if it does, Vegas will grab onto it and make it happen so fast. I guess that's the thing is if you were to list the hierarchy of really what moves the money in Vegas, it's in, in whatever order, hotel occupancy, conventions and uh, gambling. Right. Yes. Like th those yeah, yeah. those are the things that like that will be protected and moved forward as as safely as possible as quickly as possible if, if they really want to make money. Everything else is some version of, of yeah. ancillary. All the trapeze acts are waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah. yeah. The, the next tier down from what you were just saying, Justin, is food. Yeah. You know, res restaurants in Vegas are a, are a huge business. And so, I mean, what you just mentioned, those three, those are you probably your top three, but then the number four one has got to be food. And so as soon as they, as soon as they're able to figure out how to just get people into the city safely, not too far behind is going to be now. How do we, you know, do we cut occupancy for this restaurant in half and then and then bring people in? You know, what do we what do we do here? Uh, one one last question in terms of the shows. How we, we we see a lot with businesses that it's people think that you can just put them in dry storage. That it's like uh, okay, well that's just uh, you're not spending money, but you're not making money. You furloughed the employees, but for restaurants, for example, that's really not the case. You still got to pay, you know, high margins for the stuff that you are putting out mm -hmm. there. You still got to pay rent. You still got to pay all these things that are going to be, you know, a, a part of your churn, no matter whether or not you are uh, open for business. How dry storageable are shows? Are, are well, they... a show like, Oh, there's nothing dry about it. Oh, <laughs> like, son of a bitch. Know. The rev is in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the same boat. Oh my yeah. god. Uh, I think there, there are several boats used in that show. Um so yeah, I mean that's that's it. It's like it's beyond even like like a, a a Broadway production. Yeah. This is a challenge that goes even beyond because the kinds of productions, the scale of productions that we have in this town, yeah, to, to even keep them functioning. I imagine there's probably some people in there cleaning those pools. On the regular, keeping the chlorine right. 
<laughs> you know, because otherwise they, they come back and it'd be like, you know, your summertime layover with you, you, you remove yeah. your, your pool tarp and you're like, oh, oh Lord, I'm going to be skimming for days. We we yeah, personally know we personally know some circus artists who aren't even on this continent right now, so like uh, like it's gonna take some notice and some prep for sure, <laughs> you know. Oh, just but, even yeah, because I guess the, there there is a European travel ban, so that would be like half of all the acrobatic acts at Vegas. You, you gotta <laughs> yeah. you gotta get them back from from wherever they were. Easy, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, some shows are easier to store than others, but I mean, the the good thing about it is normally when a show goes away. You, you know, be it furloughed or be it closed or whatever, uh, you know, those of us that, that work on these shows, a lot of us just go to a different show. Yeah. And so in this case, there's just nowhere to go. Yeah. Yeah. So like on a kind of like on a very basic level, yes, I think shows are storable and, and unstorable. And then on like a kind of like a um, individual level, they'll all run into some crazy problems. No one's anticipated <laughs> trying oh, to sure. get back to normal. But, uh, it, you know, I think it's going to be it's going to be strange when that um, when that phase begins. OK, yeah. it's like there's definitely gonna be a phase where casinos are going to open in some capacity and it won't include live entertainment. And at that point, that's when I think things will start to get really strange and dire for people in the entertainment aspect of Las Vegas, because then you're not it's not everyone's not in the same boat. Everyone's not reading the same news. And then all of a sudden you're not going to be the front page of concerns either. And yeah. I think that's when it's going to get really strange. Right. That's what, you know, a, a mutual friend of all of ours, who's a odds maker in Vegas and has had to go into a, a office in a casino. He had the most, the most eerie description, which was that he never realized how loud the elevator dings were. Because <laughs> if you, if you think about it, it's like they have to be the loudest things possible. If you hear them over the din of a casino right. floor, but when nothing's yeah. going on, it's just this ear piercing, you know, like terrifying, uh, uh, uh tone <laughs> that, uh, yeah. is just ominously going off every yeah. once in a while. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Well, uh, uh, Matt, Paul and Jacob, of course, the Ice Cream Social podcast. Uh, one of the best. Anybody listens to this should listen to that. Uh, uh, thank you guys so much for joining the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Justin. Thank you so much. Carolyn Goodman's an idiot. And that'll wrap us up for this week. I would like to thank our Titanic $10 tier. Andrew, Angela, Brad, Brandon, Christopher, Daily Tech News Show, Darren, Dead Man, Day Cat, Jay Milius, Jonathan, John Erica, Kevin, Lindsay, Matthew, Mike, Nick, Nomadic, Taryn, uh, Alan, Olin, and Angela, Richard, Ryan, Thor, what? Uh, Middle Age Mike, Chad, Dallas Danger Taylor, your boy Craig, Zachy Chan, TroubleFilm.com, Nick, Utah, Jimmy Montana, D Laser, Paul, Captain Bunzo, Thompson, Kilowatt Podcast, Frozen Summers, Milk Leg Scoop, Emily, Wolf Glenn 99, Berkeley Steven, The Gen, Hamburgers, NH Blumpkin, Robert, and Eoxy. You want to join their ranks? You head on over to Take Politics Seriously. Com. A reminder that you can email me, the young American at gmail.com, if you have any hot takes or questions about the programming. You can follow me on Twitter at Justin R. Young. Same with Instagram. Until next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young telling you politics has three names. And some shows talk about politics. Still more talk about politics, but this is the only show on planet Earth that dares to talk about all oh. 
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>